Social. I am Jonah Ruffin. I'm Jayla Jackson. I'm Daya Brown. I'm Sinai Edwards. And I'm Zayla Bryant. And how are y'all feeling today? It's the ratchet smack for me. Not <laughs> <laughs> pop. That's how I'm feeling. Very much. But that's not a lie. That is not a lie. I'm doing today. I could do without hearing your mouth. Okay, with the greens, with the pearls. Okay. Yeah, this is my signature. Y'all, y'all be like, he wears the same jewelry every time. Wow. Okay. Oh, I'm kidding. Yeah. Anyway, why is your humor so dark? <laughs> Literally. Right. But um, yeah, the pearls are my signature. Just have to put that out there. How y'all feeling now? Yeah. I'm feeling all right. How y'all feeling? I'm feeling yeah. like a, a break. break. All right. A in break. the chains. Okay. okay. In the shackles. So let's go ahead and get into what that really means. That's what I'm feeling like. I think we've all been waiting for the conversation of generational <laughs> cycles. And that's what really needs to be talked about today. Honestly. We've been talking about it and hyping this topic yes. up, and it is, mm-hmm. it's finally time. So, yeah. if y'all don't mind, let's, let's talk, talk about, about it. it. <laughs> All right, so we first have to start off with what in the world generational cycles is. I think, I, I think instead of saying generational curses, we should change, in, uh, you know, the term into saying generational cycles. Mm-hmm. So, we get okay. it. We have these chains going through our bloodline, per se, of mm-hmm. what our ancestors have done. Mm-hmm. And the repetitive cycle of what it is and what it isn't is actually scaring us to this day. And I really want to really talk about that and talk about the origins mm-hmm. and to come with the solvency, right. which we will get to towards the end of the uh, conversation. But for right now, let's talk a little bit about generational cycles. What are generational cycles to you? Mm-hmm. Let's start with that question. You want to start, Daya? Yes, Ms. Yeah. Brown. Okay. Ms. Yeah. Brown. That's a nice example. Honestly, um, I, could, I, can, I can be transparent about my generational cycles right now. Um, my generational cycles kind of stem from wanting success so much that I forget everybody else behind me, or I forget how to love, or I end up in the, at the top, and I just end up lonely. My generational mm-hmm. cycles is the repetitive nature of mm-hmm. wanting success, but not knowing how to properly obtain it. Mm-hmm. And so that's honestly my worst fear because I'm like, I don't want to give up on people and I don't want to be lonely because I know the feeling of being lonely is not a great feeling. And I've seen, I've seen it have negative impacts on the certain people in my family that are not, that are not great to a point where it affects their mental health Mm -hmm. to a point, to a point where it affects their children. And so that's why I'm saying today is the day where it stops with me. Mm -hmm. So what is generational psychosy, Miss Jayla Jackson? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like I have an interesting perspective perspective here because um you we we added the uh, we changed the terminology yeah. and saying generational cycles but it did start a generational curses right mm-hmm. right and i like the generational cycle because it's more inclusive right because right. it mm-hmm. can be a positive cycle mm-hmm. or it can be a negative right mm-hmm. and if we look at you know my family history technically my mother and my father are the break the first break in the chain mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. meaning that that leaves me with the responsibility of continuing mm. You know, to not continuing, not to fall back into what they, you know, yeah. broke, right? right? So I'm the second link in the chain link that they're creating. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that adds. Obviously, there's pressures being the first one to do it, right? Mm-hmm. But right. when you know you're the second one and you have to continue, you know, something that is new or something that's just created, it's a different, it's a different energy around it, and yeah. it comes with different things. And I, but I am definitely grateful that. You know, half the work has already been done. 
You know, all that right. is up to me to do now is to listen and to execute. Bless you. Bless you. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Similar, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, Daya is working to be, you know, a, a, a chain, a break in that link, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Towards the direction that she wants to go in. And I feel like that's a lot, that's a lot of work. It right? is. And I'm glad yeah. that you have spaces where you can kind of share mm-hmm. and get help with that. But for right. me personally, I have always, my focus has always been, how do I continue the the break that my parents already created. Yeah. Right. Right. What about you, Mr. Ruffin? Mr. Jonah. Um, I will say, um, the generational cycle, I think that I can y'all come back to me actually? Because I feel like I don't really I need to, I need to develop everything okay. that I had to say, you know? Okay. okay. Come to me last. I'll go last. All right. Um, let me see. I'm I've been pondering. Let me see. Um, I think a generational cycle in my family it comes with the women mm-hmm. and their relationships with their children and their men and their husbands. Like with their husbands, they always with their husband and their children, they seem to be um what's the thing called? Not submissive to them, but they so they serve. become Depend. no, they become a servant to them mm-hmm. so servant. much that they they um, minimize themselves in the mm-hmm. bigger greater scheme of things. Knowing good and well, without this central link that of who they are, everything will shatter mm-hmm. and everything will fall apart. Mm-hmm. And I see that on my dad's side of the family. I see that with my with my dad's relationship with my brothers. I see that with my dad's relationship with his grandfather, with my grandfather, and I see that with my nana. I see that with my mother. I see that with my mother and how she treats her kids and how her mm-hmm. ex husband is and um i guess i don't want to be that way right which is my which is my biggest fears mm-hmm. which is why i'm hesitant about being a mother mm-hmm. because i know what to expect yeah. from the precedence that has been set right okay. and then um fearful to be a woman to somebody else okay. right to be somebody else's woman. Cause, mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to get lost in the title mm-hmm. of being claimed by somebody else mm. that I... But I don't want to spend the rest of my life alone. Right. Yeah. So I'm just trying to find the balance of reigning, keeping my identity while still kind of merging identities with somebody else right. mm-hmm. to make like children and you know, live a life together. Right. Yeah, but that's it. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That. That. Oh, okay. You want me to go? I got it now. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I have it. A generational cycle in my family is the men have always been very, the black strong, the strong black man. They're, they've always been the head of the family. They've always guided, um, the the family they've always had a woman to stand by them and they've always just been that prominent figure that everybody can like depend on but i think that the generational cycle that i'm kind of like breaking is my dad real and i realize that that's not going to be me i'm not going to be that strong black man with i mean i am strong but i'm not going to have that um i'm not gonna Girl, oh, no, you <laughs> wrong for that. I'm not gonna have. I'm not gonna be a father, the, the the ideal father. I obviously have my personal um decisions, and I have, I have things that I comply to that I think are gonna be different than what my family seems or deems as normal. And I think that there, it, it's kind of like a process of them accepting that it's it's just gonna be that way, and like kind of myself noted understanding like the the weight behind that to know that i'm gonna be the first one in my family to do something like this i'm the first gay black man in my family literally like literally and it's like that i feel like that has so much weight like it's like i have such 
Uh, is it a burden or is it a responsibility? Or, well, I think it, it's just a lot of eyes on me. Like I always feel like I have eyes on yeah. me and my family. It's like they're always watching what I do because I'm not the norm. Mm. And it's like when, when you see something that's different, you always want to look at that thing that's different because it's different, you know? And I think that it's something that I have to accept and I have to fully immerse myself into and just fully be ready for what's to come. I have a just quick question about that. Is there like a stigma against like homosexual homosexuality in your family? If you or want the tea, homo- babes, if you want the tea, just say <laughs> not that. Only, not only if you yeah. want the tea. I just wanted to know. Um, not only in your family, I'm sorry to cut you off, but not only in your family, but in society in general, does that fuel what the, the thing in your family? Okay, so um, family, if you're watching this, sorry. But um, uh, still uh, you. I still love y'all, of he course. But um, my family is very religious. <laughs> like, my, especially my dad's side of the family, they're very religious. And um, I Oh yeah, okay. I didn't stop hitting the table, but um, I honestly think that it, there is, there is, and I will be honest. They don't look yeah. at it as normal. They think that it's something that's different. It's like, but why? Like yeah, why? Most Southern black family, right? And I think that it's something that I have gotten accustomed to because it's obviously it's gonna happen. Right. And I think that you know, honestly, the stigma is there, but I'm not gonna let that stigma hinder me. I'm not going to let that stigma hold me back. I'm not going to not be my not who I, I'm not going to not be who I am because of that stigma, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's really like where I'm at with it. Yeah, okay. I, I think I think wait, wait. Oh, Sana, did you have a question? Girl. Yeah, oh, question. I had not it. a question. You got to tell your story. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I have one, but I wanted to like take a different approach, not more of the emotional side, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. Uh, but with HBCUs and mm-hmm. like that whole black all I've all my I think all uh, most of my family has gone to HBCU and if not, they have definitely pledged to a, a, a sorority or fraternity, mm-hmm. and that has like a lot of pressure in itself, especially in my family because who I'm in ninth grade and do you want to be a Delta or AKA? Do you want to be a Z? Like what what do you want to be? And personally, I don't know even if I want to pledge or not, but mm-hmm. because there's been so many people in my family, like everybody in my family, it's so much pressure for me to pledge. It's so much pressure for me to go to HBCU, even though I might not want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious to hear y'all's take because what I'm hearing from each individual is that fear is actually stopping us from tackling these generational cycles or officially breaking them. So I wanted mm-hmm. to talk to you about that. I want to really dissect this fear of uh, losing yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell me a little bit more about that so we can unravel it? Talking about my fear of losing a my lo- identity. A losing your identity, yes. Um, I guess I've never seen um, a close example of a woman not losing herself when she comes in contact with a man. <laughs> and I think that we really hype up, especially like women, Really becoming so infatuated and submerged, 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 submerged. Anyway, y'all know what word I'm trying to say. Really deep into you. that person, really trying to figure them out. Oh, this language is convoluted, and I, I hate it. I sit here and I listen to my homegirls talk about how, oh my God, this boy is so dreamy, he's so great, blase blase. And I find myself, if there is a guy in my life, I find myself doing the same thing. And I'm like, what are you doing? Snap out of it it is not that deep and it's not that important mm-hmm. and so um that is just like for me i it's difficult for me to tackle that um 
identity problem because of the standards I have for myself. Mm-hmm. And that's the only that's the only thing I think is different between me and my um grandmother and all them because it's really difficult for me to even find a man that is up to my standards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when I do find them there's always something and so wrong. What if, right. or what if they always let you down. They always do this, that, that, yeah. you know? Or just, it just can't happen right, right now. Right. right. And it's just a, it's a lot. Uh, and you know what it is? Mm-hmm. Y'all going to get scientific. Yeah. I got my contacts on today. And I didn't bring my glasses, but I'm still taking to the science. Lay that knowledge on you. Lay the knowledge mm-hmm. on you, right? right? There's this concept of epigenetics, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the idea, it's the study of irritable changes in gene expression, mm-hmm. right? And basically what it tracks specifically is honestly how behaviors and environment change your gene expression, yeah. right? So a change in phenotype without a change in genotype changes the way that your cells read your genes, right? right? Mm-hmm. Meaning that with enough trauma, right, with enough repeated uh, behavior, it can literally be written in your DNA. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if you come from a long line of people living in poverty mm-hmm. who have, you know, a certain mindset, it can almost become genetic yeah. for you to think and feel a certain way. Right. And as and we see it a lot with black people. Yeah. And we, we question like, why do I feel this way? I shouldn't be feeling this way. Where yeah. is this coming from? And you know, it reminds me of the podcast that we did about you know, having that relationship with your parents because you need to know some of yeah. these things. You need to know who you're descended from so yeah. it makes yeah. sense because epigenetics is a real... Yeah, yeah. right. You, it's, a, it's, it's, a it's, real it's a real thing. thing. And, you, it's you real. Have and it's impactful. Because otherwise yeah. you're going to drive yourself crazy trying to figure out what's wrong with you and there's nothing wrong with you. It has been written in your genes. Right. So yeah. with that, is it? can we blame... Or I don't want to put a blame, but do we think it is our ancestors... Fault. Fault, yeah. I mean, well, it, it depends on how far back you want to track yeah. it, right? Because if, if you wanna... we're going far, far back, shoot, white people, it wouldn't really nothing. I think that I. It... Why are you saying white people like that? Anyways, I, if we're going back, <laughs> no, to, if we're going back to, can, oh, you want to go? You go ahead. Say what okay. you got to say. Well, say if we're going to go back to slavery, I think that our ancestors had no control over that, yeah, so no. it, it wasn't necessarily our fault because we couldn't get out of that per se. Yeah. So, so, so the the rapper. The reparations that we have to pay because of slavery, repercussions, reparations. Are they repercussions? No, it's repercussions. Repercussions. Okay. I think it's reparations. It's repercussions. Child, y'all know what I mean. Anyways, um, I think <laughs> I think the things that we have to go ahead um, <laughs> face because of slavery is something that is not uh, it's not our fault. For instance, black women like losing themselves in the midst of mm-hmm. uh, in the midst of trying to find a man i think that mm-hmm. is a direct correlation to slavery and massa do you see that correlation oh no 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 let me break it down let me break it down let me break it down i can see how there's like similarities but because direct look, correlation I wouldn't, I mean, yeah. that little baby that letter, that's <laughs> that letter. no 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 okay let me break it down what i was trying to say so okay shoot let me break it down so black women have always they were used as bait for white men like white men would rape them they would they would use them as like just optional like they, they would use them as objects to just like pleasure like whatever they wanted to and i think that that is like sometimes 
no, no, I can't. Go and add on, but no, you're you're you you're it. partly correct in right. what you're saying that it does have a connection to slavery, right? And in slavery, what we saw is that hmm. for the male slaves, right, they would strip the mind and leave yes. the body, right? Taught to you know not know how to think for themselves and just yeah. physically do. Versus this forced the female slave who was still procreating and having babies and she had motherly instincts yeah. to take on what traditionally is known as a male role, but without a support system, now you're doing everything. That's that yeah. that cape mentality, that superwoman mentality. So you are probably correct yeah. in saying that it is um, it dates back to slavery. And I think to, to blow to kind of blow it up, be right? Because we are black and yeah. we experience that. But I feel like um, we can blow this thing up to encompass many people. Because think yeah. about it like this, right? Mm -hmm. If you are dis a descendant, right, mm -hmm. from a long line of slave masters, which then turned into capitalists, mm -hmm. or which then turned into you know to colonizers, to slave masters to imperialists, to capitalists, right? You know, on the other end, right, because we were, you know, some of our ancestors were slaves. What about the descendants of the masters, mm -hmm. right? right? Is there something even written in their genetics that, you know, them same, those same things that we're talking about that could be written in our DNA? Right. I feel like that could go for, for anybody, mm -hmm. for both parties of the situation. Yeah. I think it's just really tough to track it is. it is. It is. Yeah. It like, is. I can only see from the examples that go as far as the lineage that I know of. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what so, I wanted to address George here because I think, I think we all, all here has obser have observed what has been happening in our own families and your family and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, I think that's the ability that we have the ability to say, hey, this is a generational cycle and it has to end today. Right. But I think in specifically in the black American community, they tell you like, okay, deal with it. But they do not tell you how to deal with it. And it's this amazing study that I found um, that can honestly help with it. And it's called shadow work. It's basically analyzing your uh, unconscious self mm -hmm. and bringing it into one perspective. And it's ba mm -hmm. the conscious self is something that you do not want to come out. Mm -hmm. It's something that you do not realize most of the times, but you also, but you always hide it. Mm -hmm. And I think when addressing the unconscious self, it brings it closer to saying, it, it brings it closer to actually breaking these cycles. Right. And um, deep um, to add on to that, shadow work specifically talks about the marriage between the unconscious yes. and the conscious. Right. 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 Finding the bridge between the two, because most of the time. People live in one world. Right. Wait, but before we even do that, can you guys define what subconscious and conscious are? Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. And also with that, if it's ingrained in our DNA, how can we really move away from it and change it if it's ingrained and it's going to be ingrained in our kids' DNA? Right, yeah. okay. So we're going to get into all of this, right? Um, okay, the conscious mind is right. It's our front brain. Yes. Te technically. This is what, you know, we know, what we have learned. This oh, is more of nurture, in my opinion, mm -hmm. than nature. The unconscious mind or the subconscious, right, which is like the back brain. The unaware, unawareness. Right? That's literally, in, in my opinion, it's nature. It's it's instinct, right? Yeah. Obviously, we have physical instincts and stuff like that. But when you grow up, you are taught certain things, right? You are taught how to react to certain things. You are taught... You, there's so much that is learned. So much, right. That the unconscious, is it basically goes unused. Yeah. Uh -huh. So what we see a lot of times, like when people go to therapy to un to understand, like, oh, I'm doing this, but I feel this way. Mm -hmm. 
and they they can't they can't put a, a name or a word to the way they're feeling is because most of it lives in their unconscious in their subconscious how we talk about the you know there's stuff going on mentally mm-hmm. there's things registering mentally yeah. and you don't even know that it's happening yeah that's the unconscious right the subconscious basically. is there a way to like say that you have a problem with like your subconscious is there a way to like like get that treated since you can't really control it Right, and that's, that's one of yeah yeah when she brings up shadow work, that's what she means. There are ways to tap into what you feel yeah. subconsciously, and it's seen through actions, right? Mm-hmm. You can say that's why people say actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. Is because I mean you can say things all day that come from your front brain, but you know typically what you do, like actually like your physical what you do, is connected to your subconscious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and doing I, things like shadow work and unlocking the real reason behind some of the things you right. do and right. mar- ha- making that to a marriage with what you have been trained to think. And trained to do, it allows you to kind of defeat some of these genetic, genetic, um, genetic makeups. Because the shadow is literally, they call it the dark side. Yeah. It's because it's literally these, these negative effects that are continuously happening to you that you continue to negate. And with that, when is there a point? Because obviously we're identifying our generational cycles and we're identifying what are subconscious and we consciously know what we're doing but what mm-hmm. when does it come a point where the rest of your family know needs to know y'all are treating me this way and y'all might not be doing y'all are treating other people this way this is how y'all are acting you know what i had to realize about that it's affecting everybody it's kind of like i had to leave it unsaid because if i addressed it it would it would impact me in a negative way so i think in terms of like breaking breaking this specific chain here i have to start with me even though i know everything i know what all i need to get tackled but when i say it's starting with me i know i would not let this happen with my other children or i would make sure like these specific impacts does not impact my children from you know their grandmother or their grandfather that specifically is where it would start wait okay i'm trying to make sure i'm getting this right so we we if okay, in the back mind or or the shadow the unconscious shadow unconscious right. shadow that mm-hmm. you guys are talking about we have actions that we have been doing or okay we have we have actions that okay were they either passed down to us or were they or were, were they learned when we were younger let me wow. give an example like wow. to make it like better right yeah. so let's say you wanted to go to a party, right? And your right. mom says that she could take you. Mm-hmm. And then you dress, you downstairs, you like, it's, it's, we finna get lit at the kickback. We finna get lit like a Ooh, thing. What? <laughs> anyway, it's lit, you ready, right? She comes in and she's like, I can't take you anymore, right? Uh-huh. Explanation. Now, you might have been trained as a person, especially, you know, dealing with like people pleasers and things like that. Mm-hmm. And your, your front brain to be like, okay, that's fine, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Some people are able to address that. No, that really made me feel like crap. But some aren't, yeah. right? I think all of us have a certain level of emotional intelligence right. that knows how we actually feel, mm-hmm. how it actually made us feel. Mm-hmm. But for people who are literally lost and just moving every day, they yeah. lose. How do I actually feel about this? And another example is for people who are influencers. So where everything you do is watch. You have to watch what you say. You have to watch your facial expressions. You know, celebrities, like if Beyonce was, they, they be zooming on Beyonce so hard at the BET. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is her reaction? So she literally always has to be cognizant of what she's doing. Mm-hmm. At some point, you know, she is losing, well, I'm not saying this is her her yeah. situation specifically, but for some people, at some mm-hmm. point, you lose how you actually feel. 
what is your actual reaction to some of these things because of what we are taught and what we are, you know, what is deemed appropriate to yeah. do and what's not. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. So when it comes to these generational cycles, why is, why, how does a person even come across generational cycles? Mm-hmm. Especially ones that are embedded in something that are so subconscious how do you identify them and what's the harm in keeping them if you've seen that it can still that you can still process or work with them Mm -hmm. right yeah that's a really valid question Mm -hmm. honestly yeah i think it starts with emotional intelligence like you said though can i provide um a statistic okay for so for the black community there's a three percent growth rate from poverty Mm-hmm. Meaning that ninety seven percent of the time, if you were born in poverty, in poverty, you stay in poverty, right? Mm-hmm. That's horrible. Yeah. And is and like they said, it's emotional intelligence. But if all your life, and you know, it was crazy. <laughs> My dad, one of his favorite artists, Play a Fly. He's like, you know, he's a, a older mm-hmm. artist, yeah. underground, really. If you. You, if you know underground Atlanta music, then you, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, should know, <laughs> should know. <laughs> right? Um, but he talks about this concept of ghetto eyes, and you know, Sonia did a speech similar to this stained glass eyes. It's like if you have seen, if you have only seen this amount of stuff, what you think is capable, what you think you're capable of, and knowledge and truth. Is right. literally constricted to this yes. much yeah. stuff. All that you've seen. Ooh, yeah. So it becomes a generational cycle mm-hmm. because nobody is venturing out. There is no new perspective being brought. The music you listen to talks about the same thing. Exactly. The movies you watch and the television shows, mm-hmm. reality TV, is it everything? Bro, did y'all thing. hear her synthesis? Yeah. What'd you say? I said that was allegory of the cave. That was yep. that was good. And that's exactly oh my what God, it is. That's you guys. knowledge yes. and truth yeah. becomes restricted. Yeah. To what you think you know, right? And right. you don't know what division. you don't know. And I'm I'm thinking when, mm-hmm. with my previous question about asking when you said you had just have to leave it unknown with the plays allegory of the cave. You can find that truth. Somebody finds that yeah. truth, and they try to bring her back to stop the curses from other family. Yeah. To your siblings. To the people who you're related Ooh, to, so they can stop yeah. the trail, but they're not listening. And that's, and why, that's literally that's why, why it makes me so <laughs> mad when we hear this conversation. Yes. Like, oh, whitewashed, and, this. and it's I not. love that there are so many different type of black people, right. and I hate that in the media and in movies and in films they make the black experience right. one thing. You know, the color, yeah. a monolith, and all of that. Yeah, yes. that's exactly what it is. Literally. Um, they, oh crap! What was I reading? Where they talk about it? It's trauma porn, basically, yeah. right. with the the black and, community. Like people literally love seeing black. People, black people go through, go the, through the, the struggle, like, right? right? And, I and think, the only way to really break these generational cycles is, is addressing it. This hole that I was talking about of everything that you see is open. Yeah. And it takes Sanai, who grew up different than Jonah, who grew right. up different than yeah. me, who grew up different than somebody who lives in Lakewood, who grew up different than somebody living in Sandy Springs, who right. went to PWIs yeah. all their life. But my, if yeah. there is no expansion right. of community, mm-hmm. It is there. We're never gonna break these cycles, right? And I think that a point that you really just brought up, like, or you and and I both brought up, saying like the instance for um, if you are articulate and if you pronunciate your words and you have a certain intelligence to you, you get deemed as whitewashed or you are acting white. It's like people that are trying to break those generational curses because and that's, it, yeah, that's it, right. they, they get they get that's deemed as right less than, and right. it makes people not want to. Um, 
embrace in that breaking of the cycle because they they get deemed as not black enough. That they is get why. they get they yeah. get like hated upon. And it's like how are you gonna how are we gonna try to want to improve our community, but when doing so we get we get criticized Slayers for doing that, for yep. right? Yeah. And that's why, honestly, addressing your generational cycles and through uh, the extra layer of if you decide to go through shadow work therapy, that's a process that every, not everyone is willing to take. Right. Because that literally takes you through steps that are very, very deep. And mm-hmm. it's and you're learning yourself as well as you're learning things about others. Right. And then you're, you're trying to figure out a, the right path to take. Because I think, I am keep forgetting that we're so young trying to address yeah. these certain yes. things. And I'm like, we're, shy, we're 16, 17, 15, trying to say, hey, this needs to stop today. Right. And I want to read this specific quote um, addressing shadows because, you know, the shadow is the dark side mm-hmm. uh, of what you, you know, are trying to... Sh- go away from right but um he says we can't eliminate we can't we cannot eliminate the shadow it stays with us as our dark brother or sister trouble arises when we fail to see it for then to be sure it is standing right behind us who said that wow. this is specifically from this i got everything scottjeffrey.com he's mm-hmm. an, he's amazing person <laughs> but anyway um i think that's exactly where we uh have to start shadows never leave um it's like walking in the freaking um parking lot and you're just walking like oh there goes my shadow it's like we have to really address our shadow because if we don't where we're gonna go from there but you know how about shadows is that shadows only work if there's light Hmm. exactly i I don't like that that's what it is Ah, i like that right wait and and i'm gonna tell you what i mean by that right Shadows, when, when do shadows appear? When it's dark and there's a, a flash of light, right? Yeah. And so the flash of light here is that there's glimpses of hope. Yeah. There is glimpses of hope right. for, you know, if we for people who are trying to break those generational cycles. And right. we learn in psychology how Freud, he specifically talks about childhood mm. and how much upbringing plays a role into personality development, mm. right? It's five stages. I'm not right. going to get into the stages. Yeah. But it's important. I wanted to bring it up here because th- that shadow is a, it's just a, what am I, what's a word for like a, it's a composition of many different elements right. that either did not have time to finish. We, we In a past podcast, we talked about emotional stunting. Right. Yeah. You know, the shadow is more than just, Oh, my unconscious. Your unconscious is made up of so many things. And so right. that's why Dave was saying, if you go through the process of kind of unveiling some of these things, it is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not. It is not for everybody. You have to be ready because right. you are peeling back layers. Right. Especially if you are older, you are pulling back layers On top and of layers. layers. Right. And the thing is, also to that point... You, when you say you have to be ready, you have to be ready to break that generational yeah. cycle because it's not easy. It is not. Because, because and nobody you know, is encouraging people. Right. There is a small community who is encouraging people to break cycles. Right. And, they, and, also, and, and on top of that, they're not even providing you on how to do it. They're cheering you on, but will not help you. Oh, God. I'm like, whoa, They're not providing whoa, whoa, whoa. you any resources. <laughs> they're not helping you, like, even support you. Like, it's, right. it's like... You have to be so mentally ready and emotionally to. ready too, because it's gonna yeah. be emotional. Going, and, because when I say you can literally fall in the deepest parts of depression with this, because I tried to do this myself and I had to take a pause and say, "Hey, this is this is not me in this very chapter of my life." I had to take a pause and say, "Hey, let's start this next year or let's start this next month later." You have to be, like you said, emotionally emotionally available and also have emotional intelligence mm-hmm. to and, even walk through this. And but. 
with everything that everybody said, I hear like, okay, let's break these generational cycles, but I don't think that cycles. I, I believe cycles is also inclusive of the benefits. Or, yeah, that's what, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't. We need. I feel like we just need to talk on and focus on the benefits. Some of them don't need to bro- be broken down or be, be bro- yeah, be broken down, but they need to be. I have a question. Yeah, made bigger. I have a question. What or what are some generational cycles that Black people have that are positive? Similar, and I was gonna bring this up for you tonight. I understand that there's pressure of um, going to an HBCU mm-hmm. and you know pledging, right? But I love the general cycle of getting an education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that that is normalized in your family and is expected and common right. that people go to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's I feel like that is a that, those are the cycles that we need to create. Me and right. my dad talk about generational wealth a lot, yeah. which is something that many black families do not have. Exactly. And I you know I, I tell this all the time, but going to a PWI, literally people, and it, it's, it's mainly, you know, white kids will talk about how they're going to redecorate their mom's home when they inherit yeah. it, mm-hmm. their, their parents' home. I'm like, yo, many black people aspire to buy their parents' homes once they get on. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like we're working backwards. Right, you know, right. We're supposed to be they are you know, inheriting and adding on. And inheriting and adding right. on. It's like we're, we're providing for people who came before us. Right. Right. right? And it, we get it. We have to make up from things that we couldn't control at one point. But um, to kind of crystallize what I'm saying is that to break these cycles, mm-hmm. we need to affirm the ones, affirm the link chains that are strong. Right. That are helpful. But all while doing, and this is the, the plight of it, all while doing that, we got to destroy right. some of the ones that have put us at a disadvantage, right. along with the disadvantage that was given to us when we hit this nation. Yeah. Yes, that, mm. Yeah. Literally, I yeah. agree so much. So, it's like, so, it's like so much, that, like, it's like so much, <laughs> you saw that pause, I feel like that pause was needed, because it's yeah. like, the, the impact of what we've been saying, it, it's so much, and it's yeah. so real, it's like, sometimes you, you, you just have to pause, reflect. to reflect, it's hard to and understand, yeah. understand, and consume all the knowledge, and all the understanding yeah. that we just Don't, broke down, and you know? And, and understand that this is not a, a one-stop job, it's mm-hmm. right? You like, not. come in, saw some off, go. take a break, come back, and saw some more off until we finally break it. Don't ever think that you just got this one clean break and it's not going to be. But I think we understand that the work needs to be done. Yeah, the work needs to be done. And that's the first part. Right. Yeah. Right. This right now, we about to break it. Generational cycles. We're breaking generational cycles right now. We're breaking it every time we get the table. Right now. And I honestly think that, like I always say, we are so dope. So we're so dope and yes and i just really hope y'all realize that because to have this space to be comfortable and talk to people that have the same goal like not the same goals but we all want one thing you know yeah, one yeah. thing and, the one thing I'm- right we all have goals and that's all that matters and it's like this space is so open-minded and so like just a, a place to express yourself and i feel like that's so, so necessary and yeah. i'm just so grateful for it of so course. of course y'all make sure y'all tune in next week because one thing about us we, we don't talk about it. Yeah, I was. I'm here. Like, wait. What? How do you actually use shadow work?